Hi, welcome to another episode. I'm your host, Brian Maddox. With me today is Sarah Maddox. Welcome, Sarah. Welcome. Thank you. Um, if you could tell our listeners a little bit about how you came to found your own marketing agency, that would be awesome to get started in our conversation today. All right. Thank you. So uh, I was a marketing director for a hotel group and the internet just kind of started. I'm old. <laughs> So 1995, the internet was coming around. Al Gore supposedly founded the internet, you know, the stories. And um, we were doing all sorts of marketing. And I said, the internet seems like a much less expensive way to reach people. Why don't we get a website? So we hired a company uh, to do our website. And when they were all done, I said, so how do you get us number one in AltaVista, InfoSeq, Excite, web crawler. These were all the search engines before Google came in 2005. And um, he said, um, nobody knows how to do that. That's up to you. And I was like, what, what you mean? That's the whole point. If we're not found in the search engines, what's the point of having a website? So I started testing things and um, trying like a different title tag, or what if I do this? Or what if I do that? And before long, I um, I got the hotel found under Lake George Hotels, Lake George Motels, Lake George Lodging, Lake George Accommodations, and um, word spread. So people started calling. And before I knew it, I had a business. So that was the beginning. And back then, it wasn't SEO. It was search engine positioning uh, was the keyword we used. So I said, I do search engine positioning. I get you in the position. <laughs> That's awesome. So when you when you were kind of involved in those earlier conversations, um, it may have been um, uh, obviously it's a it's a big far cry from where we are now. We don't have you know like Netscape's not here anymore, and all sorts of crazy stuff is has changed in the internet. Um, so I guess let's start with what's what's different, mm-hmm. and then maybe or maybe we start with what stayed the same. Which would you prefer? I kind of like both questions. So I know, right? Some things that stayed the same. And um, I, I said in the beginning, well, somebody came to me and they said, how did you get number one under search engine positioning? And I said, well, because um, we were getting calls from like Spain and Mexico. It was crazy. Um, I said, well, at the bottom of every website that we do, I put website design and development by Manix Marketing and it links back to us. And I think that makes a difference. So um, the links have changed. It's not just about having a link on any website. It's about having you know relevant content on relevant sites. That was true even before Google, because Google really made it much more about the quality of the link. Mm. But link marketing was always a part of it, even in the beginning, Um, having relevant content, knowing what keywords you want to target and making sure they're actually in the title, actually in your H1. Uh, I think all of that user experience stuff has been true all the way through. Um, So I think there's so much that is the same uh, that it's actually crazy. Um, and what's different is that I always thought for the first you know, 15 years of, of my business, I thought it's all about being in number one in Google, number, number one in Bing, number one in Excite, InfoSeq, AltaVista, whatever it was, it was about that number one position. And um, about when paid search came along, social media came along, it wasn't I realized that it wasn't just one thing. It's about the holistic approach to marketing and uh, and lead gen and getting business. So we had to change our name from 
our, our mantra from we get you found on the web, we get you that number one position to um, to be focused around success metrics. So our new tagline is success measured because it's about the it's about the ROI and it doesn't matter how you get there, whether it's right. SEO or paid search or lead gen. So as a, a marketing agency owner, you're going to, um, I'm sure you've found that there are some businesses that um, uh, really lend themselves to that kind of approach and some businesses that resist that. What are the characteristics of each? So um, I think uh, uh, the, the, the businesses that lend themselves to paid search and SEO and um, that type of lead gen are typically businesses with shorter turnaround times. I need this item or I need this expertise and I'm gonna search for it, right? Where where can I find it, right? right? And that has a shorter span. And a lot of experts think, well, it's only word of mouth for my business or it's this or that. And I always tell people, if it's a big purchase and they are the type of people who want it within the next three months, they're going to research it on the internet as well. They're going to get that second, that third, um, that third right. person to talk to. So you are still in that grouping that fits that that program. Otherwise, it's a much more um, more inbound focused thought 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 leadership. Uh, very slow boat dripping the emails on people. That's right. a, a different focus. Um, but sometimes it's both. So with the businesses that don't lend themselves to to this kind of work, what is that? What do they typically look like? What do they do? What's their industries? Are there any industries that really this stuff doesn't work for? Um, I haven't found any <laughs> yet. Uh, I, yeah, I'm thinking like um, uh, I I got to work as a a marketing sort of rep uh, one at one point for a company that sells medical refrigerators mm -hmm. and like mm -hmm. the search volume on that is yeah is really really low right yeah so how do you deal with some of those hard to market kind of items or how to hard to market services with the clients that you represent yeah so we actually have a client very similar they do massive heating um uh heating and cooling systems that go on top of mm -hmm. billion um buildings that are worth millions of dollars right, right. And those numbers are very low for somebody who doesn't know who they are and who are searching for it. But when you're selling something that's a million dollars and you're number one in search, they actually do SEO and they have such great ROI because if there's right. 50 people a year searching for it and they find them and they sell a million dollar cooling refrigerant building right, right. solution, They've paid for the, their SEO and their their paid search for the next seven years. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, um, so I think people say, "Oh, that doesn't." You know, there's so few searches that doesn't count. They believe it or not, even those really weird industries, uh, we do have some of those clients, and and they do convert for them. So, but, what are the? Um, give us some examples of some of these uh, maybe harder to market industries where um, you can get those conversions out. Um, and and maybe some of the novel approaches you've had to take to do that that are above and beyond things like paid search. Yeah. So um, so when we work with the 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 niche, say let's talk about the let's talk about a, the refrigerant people, mm -hmm. right? They're usually part of an association. There are usually niche 
magazines and niche publications that speak to their audience. Mm. Um, they usually have a very defined client that they're focused on. And so our approach is to work with them on those thought leadership pieces. What are people asking about it? What do what they want to know? Who are they comparing you to? So it's this this company versus this company and the, this product versus this product or this type of product versus that type of product. And we write that content that their salespeople are asking or people are people are asking of their salespeople. Mm. And then we distribute that on um, wherever they are. So if they're on LinkedIn, uh, we've already fr- LinkedIn as the owner to everybody in that association, everybody that's on their lead list, everybody right. that's in their um, in their CRM, and we're putting it out there as an ad to drive them to want to read the article, drive them back to the site, and fill out a lead gen form to learn more. So just keeping that top of mind and, and, and pulling them in. And it might be, so there are associations that will, if you are in magazines that if you advertise with them, they'll give you their entire membership list and they'll give you, right. um, they'll do partner emails for you. So you can say, look, we'd really like to write an article for all of this association's membership. Can we do that? Right. Um, That's awesome. So those are some tactics we've used. And um, and then if they give us the email list, then, of course, we use that to um, retarget them, that right. group on social so that they're just constantly seeing them. They got it in the email. Now they're seeing it on social. That's um that's a pretty powerful way to get, uh, you know, in places where there's they've got those trade magazines and stuff like that. I know there's a lot of the. Um, uh, industrial and equipment kind of manufacturer stuff that has those kind of trade focused magazines. Um, what about the stuff that's like, um, uh, I guess there's lots of folks in the business, uh, you, you know, uh, back in the, back in the day when you were doing like keyword advertising, for example, you know, the insurance keywords, any one of them was like 30 bucks a click. How do you, how do you get like past that or the personal injury attorneys and stuff like that? But it's hard to market, but in a different way, it's, it's not as crowded an environment. It's actually crazy loud. How do you mm-hmm. get past that? So first of all, if it's $30 a click, it's probably because that client has recurring val either has incredible value to the organization mm. or, um, or that there's a lot of recurring revenue. So it's getting the client to understand the ROI on that. And if it is $30, it's because if you do a good campaign, the ROI is there. Right. If you understand the lifetime value of the client, how to calculate that. Um, say we're talking about personal injury or um, or, or insurance. A lot of customers tend to say, oh, I can take care of somebody anywhere in in the world, right? So I want my campaign <laughs> to be in Alaska, in New Jersey, and, right. and da, 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 but they're in Pennsylvania, right? Um, there is something to your brand name and there's something to people who are locally connected to you. So if there's enough demand, there's so much demand for that product, for that um, service, uh, it's okay to be geo-constrained, even though you don't want to be, because you will convert those people better. Right. And focus on the geo targets that make sense. So not only constraining it really well by 
hyper defining that keyword and getting very niched into um, what what specific, you know, just not personal injury law, but what kind of motorcycle accident accidents? Right. Was it with a truck? <laughs> okay, truck motorcycle accidents? Yeah, we do just that. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. only in Philadelphia, bam, you're number one. And yeah, you can pay $50 for that because you're going to convert that person if you have great case studies, great results. Right, you've, you've, social proof. You've done that, that, that social proof and you have a really targeted landing page. So it's okay to go really narrow and just keep going even more and more narrow. So that, um, So what I'm hearing is that anyone willing to pay or anyone with a pulse and a checkbook is not a sufficient information for you to target them for SEO. Is that right? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I've the number of clients that I've worked with in the marketing space where I'm like, so who's a, who's a great client for you? And they're like, ah, anybody that'll pay. <laughs> we we like um, we have specific industries that we do really well that we are, have really narrowed down on, and we have been in business for thirty. 26 years. So mm. we have done many industries. So, but if I were only a five-year-old agency, I would not recommend that. It's a nightmare and it's just too much. You can't do everything well. You can't. Right. Um, we don't say we do everything well. We say we do SEO well and we right. can do SEO well for anybody, but do we want to do it for everybody? No, no. So you can do horizontal or you can go vertical, but you can't really go both, right? We, yeah, we, we uh, I think you can go both. Uh, really, we can go both, but I want I I can go horizontal, I can go vertical, but my my dream is to is when we hit both. So we do SEO and lead gen for hotels and tourism, and we do SEO paid search and lead gen for agencies, communications agencies, right. um, video production agencies, you name it. Those are our niche. Those are our niche areas. And we, even though we've been broad uh, in the types of industries we've done and we can do broad, we're really trying to focus down on what we can do best and most efficiently. So are there cross-functional learnings when you do have that kind of exposure, though, since you've worked in so many different industries? You know, are there things that you've picked up, let's say, from marketing in the insurance space that you were then able to take into the hotel and hospitality space or things like that? I mean, there's got to be some value in having that that breadth of exposure as well. Yeah, you learn a lot about, um, I think some competitors are more sophisticated than others. So you can see mm. what other so in certain industries, the competition is very unsophisticated, right? And then in other industries, they're really sophisticated. And you can take what you've learned from that industry and what they're doing really well and do it in an industry that's maybe not as mature. That's definitely a great opportunity. Um, I think that you learn from every client, right? So a client will come to me and say, hey, I'm I'm doing really well in this print magazine. I'm like, really? <laughs> <laughs> really? I said, all right, let's let's take this up a notch and target their their readership and right. talk about getting their e you know their email, and then you take that from that specific client and, and maybe they're in finance, and then you take talk to the next one. You say, are there any magazines? Are there any that people are actually still putting ads into? And if exactly. they are, because you are so niched and they are very well respected, 
then there's that same opportunity that we just did with this other client in your industry. So I think it, that is fun about when you do do more than one industry, you, taking what you learn from one client and applying it to another, for right. sure. So um, you've mentioned your specialties. <clears throat> I'd love to know just a little bit more about what makes, um, like, let's say, the hospitality stuff um, specific and unique, and, and what are the challenges of marketing in that space? Okay, so um, I... I started my business in Lake George, New York, which is uh, a destination. So it just kind of fell, fell on our lap. Mm. Um, and we, well, it was before there were, uh, there was booking.com or any of those. So we right. bought lakegeorge.com to create a guide, an online guide, like everybody had the travel guides in their hand yeah, yeah. that would tell people all about Lake George because the chamber wasn't doing it and all of that. So we kind of fell into the tourism niche. And I think what's really fun and interesting about that is you get when you get really good at, say, hotels, you know, when the client calls and they say, hey, um, what I don't like my book booking engine. I'm on Synexis. What you know, what do you think of, of of think reservations or this one or that one? And you're truly that expert because you've had experience with with every client and, you know, these things that aren't even related to what you're doing for them, but mm. you become their true expert because you know enough about, um, you can talk about occupancy rates and um, and how that, what an average conversion should be. And you have a really strong, you, you know for sure what, what whether you can make money for them or not, right? And other, if you could take somebody from a new industry, you're like, hey, we can give it a try. I, don't, I can't guarantee it'll work, but if you've done a hundred hotels, and you've done marketing for them and you've done the paid search and you know the cost and you know the, all these other factors, you know what kind of ROI you can give and you can tell them really clearly like, OK, so you want to make another million dollars next year. This is the return on ad spend you, you can expect. So if this is the budget you need. You don't want to spend that budget. This is going to be a return on ad spend. It's, it's, it's not a question. It's just a very clear conversation. Right. So it, it, it does become really easy when you have a niche and you know that. And that's that's half of our business is tourism. And um, they love it. They live it. They breathe it. Um, and but it's small business. I wouldn't recommend doing tourism, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> because I mean, uh, if you go where there's money and where people have money and they're selling bigger, bigger products versus a hundred dollars at a pop, um, right. and limited and there's limited inventory they can sell, right? So your budgets are limited if you're working with independence versus say Hilton. Right. Um and uh so so yeah, that. So, so 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 don't you know if you have a bed and breakfast, great, but don't go start one. Yeah, <laughs> right. I mean? like, so yeah, like if you have twenty bed and breakfasts, but you also have twenty pharmaceutical companies, niche in the pharmaceutical company area. <laughs> just just saying, I would nice. you know if, if I didn't have twenty years of experience in tourism, and that's why we branched out into other things because it is more profitable um and uh and it, and it the, the, and the budget's easier to come on yeah to have a different niche yeah yeah so uh, i guess that's a great segue to the next conversation which is who is a great referral for you who um uh, who would you like to talk to who's uh, uh, your sweet spot communications agencies 
So there's a lot of PR agencies, communications agencies, video agencies, people who are in the agency space who are struggling with their pipeline mm. and they don't, you know, it's a, they know how to market other people, but they don't know how to market themselves. Uh, that's our sweet spot. We're, we're really good at helping them grow their leads. Yeah, I think it's one of those paradoxical things. Like, um, what is the the saying about attorneys? Like, uh, someone who represents himself in court as a fool for a client. Um, I think in many ways, you you almost can't do your own marketing. Uh, the blind spots are just too big. Yeah. Um, uh, which is probably an unpopular opinion. But if uh, if you want to talk to me more about that, hit us up in the uh, notes below on the YouTube video. Um, so uh, with with that in mind, with those agencies and stuff like that, um, are there um, uh, any specific industries? Is it PR specifically or is it, um, you know? We're working with agent, all, all sorts of, so we call it expertise marketing. So mm. our uh, the other half of our business is all about marketing experts, helping experts tell their stories, become thought leaders, finding, their, finding where their clients are. So if they're on LinkedIn, reaching out, getting that thought leadership content out there, but also helping them um, restructure their websites for more conversions, restructure how they think and how they um, what they write about and what how they communicate to their clients so that their expertise is clear and it's compelling and they gain more leads. So we work we, we work with web dev agencies, we work with video production agencies, lobbyists, so someone who says, I'm an expert, this is what we do, but all of my business has been word of mouth, referral. It's all that natural because I'm a great leader and I'm out there, but that is not consistent enough for us. We want to have an ongoing pipeline. Maybe I want to exit. And in order to sell your business, you can't be the source of all those leads. It right. has to be a third party. So that can really help a lot. Um, and we, we love working with agencies because they get what we do. We don't have to explain it. They they understand and, and they appreciate it. So right. that's been a lot of fun for us. So uh, I guess the last question here is in the process, uh, you know, uh, obviously we've talked about kind of you've been in the in the Internet marketing kind of space for for a very long time, long enough to remember things like Prodigy. So, I mean, we're in a situation now like um, uh, where there's been some some insights i'm sure you've picked up along the way stuff that uh, has withstood the test of time what are the three biggest pickups uh that you've you've learned or, or three biggest skills or or bits of knowledge that you've learned in your journey to create your your agency uh that you have today um i would say number one is that there's more than one path to the answer so so many times people say well this is the way it works like me saying this is the way this works but yeah. You do podcasting for experts, right? Yep. That works, right? So there's, it's, it's got to be what resonates and what, what works and feels right for you. And don't let somebody, because I had an expert tell me SEO is dead five years ago. You've got to get out of that niche. And um, it is not dead and it's not going to die, right? But I, it scared me. Like I thought, oh, he's a, right. he's a speaker. Thousands of people follow this guy's podcast. He's written like 12 books. He literally looked me in the eyes and he said, what's your, what's your niche? And I said, SEO. And he says, mm -mm. you're going to be dead and you're going to be out of the water in like a year. And I was like, oh, what does he know that I don't know? Right. Yeah, right. So I, 
I would say number one, um, trust your gut and know that there's more than one solution. There's there's no one one path to marketing success and success. Say number two, get involved in a mastermind, a group of like business owners or people like you who you can um, commiserate with when things are slow, who you can cry on their shoulders if you had to let somebody go or your best person left for a job at Google or, you know, right. and then celebrate successes with, right? And share that deep information that makes you better. And third, I would say get involved in, uh, if, if you can niche down, don't be a generalist, get as niched as possible and focus on the niche. Don't be afraid um, find your own path to that niche, but but slowly get deeper and deeper into that one thing that you can do really well awesome. and join those associations for where that audience lives. Awesome. I think that's awesome insight. And I want to thank you again for being on the show today. Um, yeah. This is uh, this has been great. And I think that our uh, our listeners are going to get a ton out of it. Um, so, uh, please, as you get more of these, uh, these nuggets of wisdom, circle back with us and we'll see if we can get you back on the show. Thank you, Ryan. This was a lot of fun. It's a great podcast. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the consulting trap. If you have suggestions for future episodes, or would like to be a guest on our show, please send me an email at Brian at podcastchef.com. That's B R I A N at P-O-D-C-I-S-T-C-H-E-F dot com. Before we go, we'd like to thank the sponsor of our show, Podcast Chef. Podcast Chef helps turn ordinary podcasting into a revenue-generating lead magnet for your consulting business. Our podcasting done-for-you service takes away the headache of starting up and running your own podcast. Reach out now to take advantage of our 30-day money-back guarantee. Visit us at podcastchef.com to find out how our team of experts can help you leverage podcasting to take your business to the next level. Hey, you. Yes, you. It's uh, 2024 and you don't have a podcast yet. Or maybe you do, but you're struggling with it. Uh, we will talk to you about that uh, for free. We'll help you figure out uh, where you might be stuck, uh, whether or not we can help you for sure. But also, uh, if you don't have one yet, what are the like first five things you can do? Uh, what are some great angles that you can use to make sure that your podcast was sustainable as you start to develop that moving forward? Uh, those consults are free. So reach out at the link below uh, in the show notes or email me at brian at podcastchef.com. Thanks. Hi, this is Brian. Thanks for listening to the show. Uh, our website, podcastchef.com, has a ton of useful information about how to best leverage podcasting to help you solve some of your business goals and challenges. You can also schedule a demo uh, where we can show you how specifically Podcast Chef and our team can help you with some of your podcasting goals. Thanks. Thanks.